you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. It's Tuesday, September 27th. And you are listening to NFL Total Access. The podcast. Those are the voices of two men who are putting on a good face but are actually still working through the grieving process. Somewhere between anger and acceptance, I assume, because of what we saw and what we learned on Monday Night Football. With the rush, and the Cowboys will leave New Jersey 2-1. Who are these men? They are former number one overall pick David Carr, who won one Super Bowl with the New York Giants, and the host of the NFL Explained podcast, Mikey M., who won four. Super Bowls with the New York Giants. Don't be jealous, DC. Mike <laughs> is a lifelong fan, and that's what you get I being a lifelong that. fan. We will reveal the truth about your duplicitous and nefarious fandom in a moment. Coming up on this episode, we begin a very different process. It's not grieving, it's game planning. For the Miami Dolphins, as they head to Cincy on a short week. For the Buffalo Bills, as they face the ever-evolving, ever-elusive, ever-dangerous Lamar Jackson in Balmer. And... For the Kansas City Chiefs as they face the maddening reality of their new identity. Also, Saquon Barkley may stop by. Let's hold on for that. But before we talk to Saquon, let's talk about him. Barkley cuts left to the 15. He's to the 10. He's to the 5. Touchdown, Giants! Saquon Barkley on a 36-yard run. One hell of a run, but in spite of the efforts of New York's number 26, the Dallas Cowboys put up 23. And that was enough to beat your Giants, Mike Yams. Since you have those four Super Bowl rings against David's one, you get the first shot at it. It was an electric MetLife Stadium. Why did the power go out? Uh, it a little bit of a buzzkill for it, it's sort of how we had to tape the open three times because I couldn't figure out how to read and you're listening to NFL Total Access. But besides the point, um, look, I'll, I'll say this. You mentioned Saquon Barkley. Number one, I think it is abundantly clear that any concerns that people had before the season, you can sort of squash some of those things. He's looked as good as we've seen him look really in his career. And I think that's a positive sign. Why did the lights go out? Why was the energy not there? It all comes down. And David, you know this as well as anyone. If you are Daniel Jones and you're running for your life, that's a problem. Here's pressure and down he goes again. This is the first time in a primetime game that I've seen the Giants where I actually felt bad for Daniel Jones was not given time to make plays on his back five times throughout the course of this game. There was no disruptiveness from the defensive side as well. Cooper Rush had plenty of time to execute uh, the Dallas offense. It's not a surprise to me by the end of the game that we were talking about the Cowboys victorious, and I think that to me is the most disappointing aspect of all of this. Michael, you have a photographic memory because you beautifully laid out the entire game <laughs> as I saw it. And what I what – I, I, I knew exactly what you're talking about when you talk about the first time you've watched a primetime game and you felt bad for Daniel Jones because the majority of the time watching Daniel the last couple of years, it's like, oh, I wish we, we need more out of him. Yep. And this was like the first time where I was like, he can't give you any more. Yep. There's literally nothing else he can do. And Aikman even mentioned it on the, on the broadcast. He's stepping up and almost on cue, stepping up, making throws under duress. The throw he made over to the right sideline as he's kind of falling back with the pressure in his face. Jones flips oh. and somehow got it to James. I mean, the kid played out of his mind. I mean, he made some phenomenal throws. Now, he did also miss some pretty 
pretty easy throws. Yeah. So that's kind of you know the yin and the yang of that. But when I watched them play, I was almost waiting for like we just need we need some semblance of a pocket to form so he can make a throw or make a play downfield. Now they had some drops, yeah. right? But so did Dallas. And then on the other side, you know, when you look at what the Cowboys are able to do, they basically just ran straight at him. Here is Pollard on that side, trying to hit a home run. Tony Pollard is down inside the 20. And the Giants were forced to kind of play a lot of single high, man-to-man, -man, and Cooper Rush again, like we laid out on Total Access yesterday. He's going to have one-on-ones on the outside, and he just played pitch and catch with his guy, Noah Brown. When was the last time you saw a Dallas offense run the ball like that? I that loved looked, it. It was, it was cool to see if you're a Dallas fan. Yeah. And don't say you loved it. I'm, well, I mean, I loved it for them because it's like so many times, even week one, we saw the double reverses with yeah. Pollard and Zeke, and we're like, what's happening? Just run downhill and create these one-on-ones for your guys. So I loved it from just a game plan standpoint because you always want to see guys be put in the right position to yeah. play. And when you don't have those three studs like you had last year outside catching the ball with Amari and Gallup and CD, it's like, you got to reinvent yourself. You have to be something different. I know that they said they weren't, right? They were not going to do something different. We're going to do the same thing we've been doing. No, you definitely did something different. Yeah. When I saw you guys line up and run downhill with both those backs, play action, pass off. But you look at the bootlegs. I mean, you get a flow like that. And again, they mentioned in the broadcast, but you start running the ball, then you come out on the backside with the bootlegs. It's hard. To, you're, you're keeping the defense off guard. It was tough for the Giants to get any pressure on Cooper Rush. You heard David Carr a moment ago invoke the royal proverbial we. Now, David. <laughs> That's, I, yes. Ah, David. Sweet and sensitive, tall and handsome, wholesome and kind David Carr claims Raiders fandom, thanks to little bro Derek, That's right. is saddled with Texans fandom, thanks to the 0-2 draft, and earned Giants fandom when you earned that 2012 Super Bowl ring. But the truth, David Carr, the awful, sickening truth, is that your veins have silver and blue blood running through them. Isn't that right? Confess. <laughs> Confess. Yes, this is Game of Thrones season five and six. Yeah, Confess. It is. It's, it's facts. Tell Tell me the story. Where does that come from, and how can you live with yourself? The fact that I like the Giants? No. Silver and blue, young man. Don't avoid the question. He's, he's you know he's... as well as I do that you grew up in a home, and you <laughs> you grew up in a home in which you rooted for one team and one you team only. You guys did the a star, lot of research for this, and that's why I dug deep. I appreciate, because if, I mean, and all you had to do really was Google Derek's middle name, because you'd find out that he is, in fact, named Derek Dallas, and he was supposed to be the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> but they screwed that up. So we had to become Raider fans. And yeah, that's exactly true. And that's why I did, I did like it, right? Yammer, we saw it. I'm yeah. um, like the Cowboys. Like there's, I can't get it out of my system. I feel like, I feel like um, light has just shone down upon me. I've been hiding in the shadows. And now, yeah, okay, it's official. I'm a Cowboy fan. I want them to play well. Okay, I want them to play well. And I just, I get, I get happy when they do good things. There are certain toxins, certain viruses that never leave your system. And you know, you're not to be blamed for it. This is biology, remember. nothing more. I, I gave you my thesis around this fandom. David's always happy, and I think the part of the reason why he's always happy is because he can spread himself pretty thin, and someone's going to win. One of the five to ten teams that he roots for, one of them on a Sunday or even a Monday so is going to pick up a W. I've hedged my bets. I've hedged. My, that's what I've done. I've. I even like I've even started jumping on the Dolphins bandwagon. I remember oh, back, I'm like, I start telling MJ, here I'm like, I'm almost adopting them. Because, you know, Mike Robinson, he's adopted the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. And I Josh Allen, I knew Josh Allen before he did. That's not necessarily fair, but that's fine. I'll give it to you. You can have them. You can have them. But I am gonna sneak onto the the Tua train. I'm gonna sneak right on. You got on a there. big heart. You really I, do. I have plenty of room for the, all the success. The car household has got a lot of adopted children in there. All right. If he's you, bringing in, in the Miami You fan heard base. the Josh Allen. So right now, what we can infer from this is David Carr, name dropper and bandwagon. Okay? Yeah. Moving on. Absolutely. Uh, David, let's talk about the Cowboys. Let's talk about your 
Dallas Cowboys. I, uh, I want to throw a couple stats at you. Tell me what you think. Okay. Jerry Jones said that Cooper Rush has top QB qualities. He was 21 for 31, 215 yards. The numbers that stood out to me, I saw it on another network, 13 of 15 in the final 20 minutes of the game, took zero sacks. Daniel Jones, on the other hand, as Mike M indicated, took five. Mm. Uh, what did you see from Cooper Rush that you like? As much as I love the Cowboys. I'm going to have to just tamper our expectations a little bit, just a little bit, okay? So, and I like, I like the Giants' start. I don't necessarily think they're a great football team right now. And the way that the Cowboys played football is the way they're going to have to play football going, going forward, and whether it's with Dak or with Cooper. What I loved about it is you mentioned it, no sacks. It was 13 of 15. And honestly, I've been in those games in those scenarios where you're running the football pretty well and you can just come out there on those bootlegs and it's just pitch and catch, man. You're just playing catch. Like what we showed yesterday, I showed two plays, a little XO. It was one-on-one. -on -one. You're just playing catch with your buddy. There's nothing really else to do except for just throwing catch to your guy. So it's going to get more difficult as they, as they play teams that are able to stop the run a little bit more. You're going to have to be a little more elaborate about reading, executing plays, getting through your progressions. He's capable of doing it. He didn't have to do it. That's why he looked so good the other night. So my, I'm, I'm excited for him. I'm happy that Cooper did well. I, I do believe that he has top quarterback uh, capabilities. If you play in a system like that where they're pounding the football and he's out there on the play actions, what is he going to be if he gets into a situation where he's got to be, you know, go convert eight third downs, go play really good red zone offense, and that, re and that run game's not necessarily there, and you're kind of getting hit? What does he turn into, right? We know what Joe Burrow is in those situations. Is Cooper Rush that same guy? I don't know. We'll see. We saw what he was on third down last night. He was five for 13, which was, you yeah. know, solid but not spectacular. Yeah, right. What is that, something lower than 40%? Yeah. Uh, one for one on fourth down, obviously, when it, when it counted. Yeah. Uh, he came through. They came through that unit. Um, but you saw what I saw, Mike Yam, if we're being honest about Cooper Rush, as difficult as that is for a Giants and a Commanders fan to be, I saw some touch from the young man that I really liked. Yeah. I, look, good. what did Jerry Jones say the other week? I hope that there's a quarterback you know, controversy, right? Jerry's the best, by the way. And then he was going to walk to New York, though, right? Didn't he say that? <laughs> yeah. That happened, uh, that, cool. Yeah. This, a long way. By walk, I mean private plane. But where are you but, going with this? Well, my, my point, that's actually really good question where am I going with this there was a point that I was going well look to make. we saw Dak oh. warming up oh that's throwing yeah. some balls on the sidelines yeah. we saw him looking eager he looked hungry Detroit, what are we looking yeah. at no actually Jane Slater who does a tremendous job covering this Dallas Cowboys team she actually tweeted something that I thought was fascinating had a conversation with Dak showed her his hand post stitches coming out no swelling healing quickly and he thought he could play this weekend. Doesn't think it's going to happen because of the team doctors and trying to take things slow. But we're, we're what, two, two games away? Week five is the target now, according to Dak. So I, I say that to say I wonder if Cooper's success, what is it, 3-0, first quarterback since Kurt Warner in the Super Bowl era, to go 3-0 in his first starts and have at least 750 passing yards. I think that's what the recall is from the research notes that I got before the show. The point is, like, he's balling. And, look, if if Cooper wasn't playing well, like, it's like, oh, all right, it's cool. Like, I'll get back when I get back. And now all of a sudden it's like, yo, this dude's balling. Like, maybe I do need to get back on the field. You know, the only thing that I hope happens if he when he comes back, if he comes back earlier than they expected, is that this offense stays the same. same. Yeah. Doesn't it have to, though? I don't think that there's any way to successfully move the ball the way that they tried to do it week one. Yeah. Like, I know that you want to be outside the box, and Kellen Moore has this college football background, and I, I watched him at Boise. He's, he's very open book. Like He's going to do everything, right? But it's not necessarily that difficult. You don't have to with, these, with this group. I think the way that Cooper Rush has been playing football is he's been playing winning ball, right? And I think that when you insert Dak back in the lineup, you play the same way. You can do a little bit more, but maybe you'll be a little bit better on third down. Maybe you'll have... 
you know, more chances in the red zone, but I like their style that they're playing with. So everyone, it's funny, when a quarterback gets hurt, everyone tends to elevate their level of play. So keep that level of play, right? Command that we're going to win one-on-ones on the outside, we're going to win in the trenches, and then insert your all-pro quarterback, and you got a chance. Have you seen, though, enough from their offensive line? Look, take Monday night against the Giants out of the equation. What have we been talking about even heading into this season that the Dallas Cowboys – front is not what it has been in previous years and now all of a sudden I see them go for what a buck 76 as a team most rushing yards they've had in the game I think in in like two years or a year and a half something along those lines I'm just wondering can you duplicate what you've seen from this running attack to Kellen Moore did he get cute what and I don't dare I say gimmicky in week one thinking that his dudes couldn't do what we saw last night there's two things that you can do if you have an offense line that struggles you can get gimmicky right, and try to create some type of offense. Or you can just say, you know what we're going to do? We're not going to give up a lot of sacks because we're going to run the football downhill. And when we play action, it's going to be max protection or I'm going to move the pocket so that's not an issue. And then you kind of eliminate a lot of that kind of puzzle piece movement that you're dealing with up front. I, I I think that's a smart way to go. I'm glad that they finally saw the light and they're doing that. I just hope they can continue to keep doing that. Yeah. When you get in obvious passing situations, it's still that's going to show. Like you're going to see the ugly side of their offensive line holes and kind of places where if they start dropping back 40 or 50 times, Dak's going to be on his back or Cooper's going to be on his back six or seven times for sure. Uh, never mess with a winning streak is a phrase for a reason. So we can take that in two ways. Right now it's to keep Dak rested. Don't mess with a winning streak. Yeah. Yeah. Let him I rest agree, another man. week. Let yeah. him get that thumb right. Yeah. Keep Cooper in. You're not exactly playing the Chiefs or the Bills next week, you're playing my commanders. I'm assuming that's going to be a win, as hard as that is for me to say. The second part of that phrase, as applied to the Cowboys, is, as you said, when Dak does return, don't mess with a winning streak. Right. Stick to the running game. Stick Two with what backs. got you here. Yeah. Okay, that's what we have to say about last night. Here's what Saquon, Saquad, Saigon Barkley had to say to fellow Nittany Lion, Michael Robinson. Big Saquon, welcome to the show, big dog. Thanks for having me, boss. Now, look, man, now I know last night was tough for you guys, but what was the message to the team about what was the message to the team about the game and moving forward? I mean, at the end of the day, uh, you know, it's the NFL. Uh, you got to be credit where credit due. Dallas came out. They played a great game, uh, made more plays than us, executed more. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, we got to go back, watch film, learn from it uh, in a short week and, and get ready for Chicago. Now, big dog, you're leading the league in rushing and scrimmage yards. And I want you to know, I never doubted you. Take a listen to what I had to say a little bit earlier this year. I'm going to have to read on my car because I forgot <laughs> it. All right. All right. Saquon Barkley, all right, will lead the NFL in scrimmage yards this season. Okay. I said it. Saquon Barkley from the greatest university that ever was made, Penn State. Yes. Come on now. Now, look, now, you know, I'm your guy. I'm I'm, I'm, going to always show love to you, but does it feel Mm -hmm. good kind of proving some of those haters wrong? Uh, Nah. Well, first, I appreciate the love, um, you know, um, but for me, I, like yes and no, but I ain't prove anybody. I ain't prove anybody wrong yet. It's a short season, um, but at the end of the day, I'm just thankful and blessed, you know, to to be able to play the sport that I love. Go out there, play confident, play at a high level, um, and just trying to make plays and help my team win games. And uh, that's that's the only thing I'm really really excited about is that I'm able to go out there and play the sport that God blessed me with. That's what I'm saying, man. That's a franchise personality for you guys, right? You hear that answer? That's from a running back, not a quarterback. And speaking of quarterbacks, I've noticed your guy, Daniel Jones, and of course, I've been critical of him, but he's been, I've seen yeah. some growth from him, man. Like, it seems like he's making better decisions in, in, in big-time situations. What growth have you seen from your quarterback? 
I mean, last night it was gutsy. You know, uh, Dallas did a really good job of creating pressure. Um, but, you know, he was able to go out there and make a lot of plays. You know, he made one a throw yesterday. It was one of the craziest throws I ever seen uh, live. I mean, Jones has people in his face. You're going to see him. He's, he's backpedaling a little bit, slides back, trying to get it out there off balance and, and just throws a perfect ball to Richie James. Uh, the angle that I had, that, that, that play was crazy. What a throw, what a catch. First down, <laughs> Giants. Oh, you're not kidding. That's our leader. That's our guy. Um, and we got his back. Uh, we got to do a better job. Uh, you know, offensive wise, uh, to to make plays for him and help him out. That that pass right there. But uh, I'm just I'm thankful for him. Uh, the way that he comes to work every single day, the way that he pushes me, pushes all the other guys. And um, you know, like I said, it's early in the season, we're gonna keep keep getting better. Say so say, is there a different like vibe in this locker room as opposed to last year? Because it definitely feels that way from an outsider looking in. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing Coach says is let your personality show, um, and I think that's that's what's, what's going on. We're going out there, we're balling, we're playing at a high level. Um, and when you win games, it's, it's a little bit different. You know that. Um, obviously, it's a short season, but uh, two and one uh, in the, the, two, the two wins that we have uh, were tough fought games, and we found a way uh, to compete and get it done. Um, last night was unfortunate we weren't able to do that, but like I said, got to learn from that, go, go back, watch film, um, and get ready for, for the Bears. Next up for Saquon's Giants, a team just as confusing as his, the Chicago Bears. Next up for the Cowboys, as I intimated before, a win, I'm assuming, against my commanders. Do you agree? Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. Giants, you like your chances against the Bears? Uh, I do. I'm just wondering if they're coming back down to earth because I still don't know what to make of those first two games. As a fan, I go, oh, okay, cool. Like, I was buying, sipping that Kool-Aid and was feeling good. But I don't know. Like, the, the Carolina game now feels a little different based off what we saw over the weekend. So the point is I still feel pretty good. It's not like the Bears are world beaters, right? Like, there's flashes from yeah, Justin Fields, but I'm not scared of them. They're pretty similar, honestly. Yeah. Those two teams are pretty similar. They're going to run the ball a lot. When obviously the Bears are, are going to pound it. They got a good quarterback that can move as well as, as Daniel Jones. So I think it's going to be an ugly game. You know, it might be a baseball score, yeah. but it'll be. I mean, it's going to come down to who makes the most plays, honestly, at the end. So and the receivers for the Giants, I, I'm still man, they got to they got to step up and help our guy out. Even when he does get some time, he made some nice throws the other day. They didn't bring in, so need some more of those guys. Our guy, he invokes the hour yeah. again. Yeah. I'm an offensive guy, Drew. <laughs> That's what it is. You right? are offensive. Day. You are offensive. You're a Cowboys fan at heart. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Total Access, the podcast. I'm here with David Carr and Mike Yam. And the next topic is a slightly overlooked result from week three, I believe, in the NFL. Colts 20, Chiefs 17. He's going to fire up. Field. broken up. Tip it. David, losses happen to everyone except for the 72 Dolphins and your hairline. So the story here isn't the L, it's the ID, the new identity of this Kansas City Chiefs team. Are they patient enough to be 
who and what they actually are right now. I think they're they're understanding that that's the reality that they live in. That's why you saw Eric Bieniemy and and Mahomes kind of getting after it on the sideline a little bit. They're just having a real discussion about real life things. No no longer are they going to have the ability to go two plays 70 yards. You know, it's just not what it is. It's not a big chunk to Kelsey, a big chunk to Tyreek, and oh, we're in the end zone 30 seconds later. That's just not what that's not what they're going to do. I think that we talked about this all all off season that Patrick is going to have to play quarterback. Like and he and he always has been. Like don't get it twisted. I'm not saying that he hasn't been dynamic at quarterback, but he's played so much outside the X's and O's when the initial play wasn't there, he was going to find Tyreek or Travis or somebody with some space. And because of just the pure threat of Tyreek's ability to push the ball down the field, there was just natural space. And now it's a lot tighter. The drives are going to have to now be eight, nine, ten play drives. You're going to have to be methodical, get the ball to your hands to these. You got some good playmakers. The wide receivers are crafty guys. Like they can get open, they can win, and this system's built for that. You just have to get it out be on time with your, with your reads. They can do it. It's going to look different. So you're going to get in one of those ugly games against a good team, which is the Colts, and you're on the road. Like, that's what – welcome to life. That's what it is for every other NFL team in the league, except for the Chiefs the last five years. But that's, that's the world they live in. Mike, I, I want to throw this your way. I know the preseason stats can be deceiving, but I found two very interesting. We talked about this weeks ago. Back-to-back preseason games, the Kansas City Chiefs quarterbacks, including Pat Mahomes, who did, in fact, play found 14 different receivers one week, 15 different receivers the next week. On Sunday against Indy, he found six different receivers. Not a bad number, but I feel like the number needs to be more. My second question is three for 10 on third down feels impatient. Feels like a team that is not ready to have eight, nine, ten play drives, as David just indicated. Does that? Am I reading these numbers correctly? I actually, I'm with you there. I think that was one of the cool things. I was doing total access on one of those days where they had a preseason game, and I think it was 14 different receivers, whatever that number was. And I think thought to myself, oh, okay, this is what David's been talking about. This offense is going to look a little different. Here's what I would say, though, big picture from a Kansas City perspective. I don't know if there's another team in the NFL that should feel as good as Kansas City should feel following a loss. And what what I mean by that is they were playing a desperate Colts team that got Michael Pittman back, that was looking for their first win of the year. You knew Jonathan Taylor was going to have to have a bigger impact than he did the previous week. If I had real cojones, I would have picked them when our digital team said, hey, give me your upset. I I didn't pick them, but I I was tempted to because I felt like the Colts are not going to – they're going to start the year – Without a win through the first yeah, few weeks, it didn't. Opener at home. Yeah, like okay. it didn't feel right from that perspective. And then here's the other thing: all the conversations about the AFC West and how competitive it was going to be. How many times on the TA set, David, did yeah, did sorry. you or someone else just say, "Hey, it's Kansas City's until it's not Kansas City's," yeah, right? Yeah. Well, maybe you didn't say it. No, I definitely right. did. Okay, yeah, yeah. you were there. But look, the Raiders now are in a hole that is going to be really hard for them to crawl out of to win the division. I'm not saying not playoffs. Um, Denver does not scare me. They cannot figure out their, their issues on offense. They're lucky to be 2-1 and one at this point. So if I'm Kansas City, I'm going, those are the teams. And the Chargers right now have a quarterback who's Bang got up. rib yep. injuries. Uh, Bosa goes down, and Rashawn Slater is, is not playing. Those are some real issues coming off of week number three that even in a loss, I say, you know what? It's still probably the Chiefs' division. It seems to me that the Chiefs have a problem with imbalance. Actually, that's not true. They have... They have no problem with imbalance because they have nothing but imbalance. Patrick Mahomes was the leading rusher for the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday. Yeah, Four rushes, mm-hmm. 26 yards. That can't be a recipe for success. No, that's, it, and you alluded to the third down thing also, and that's a, that's a part of it. And, and if you haven't consistently had to run the football or you haven't consistently had to convert third downs, you've gone first down, second down, first down, touchdown. Like That's been their nature for the last several years. 
it's a new world, man. Like, and so we're going to have to, we got to, you have good backs. You have guys that can carry the ball. It's never really been a focus of theirs, honestly. They've, they've run it when they wanted to run it, basically. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to find a way to involve that. I know they like to do the screens. I know they like to do the jet sweeps and it's fun to watch. Like they're, they're the most exciting team to watch for me from a play caller standpoint, because they do, they do so much. But I think that if you're going to go forward with this thing, it's, it's never, it's never going to go away. Tom Coffin needs to talk about it. If you can run the ball and you can stop the run on defense, you're going to win football games. It's the same thing as it has always been. Next up for the Chiefs, Brady and the Bucks are rather pissed off Brady and the mm. Bucks in Tampa. Will we see another setback before we see a getback from this Kansas City Chiefs team? You know what's sort of fascinating? On, uh, on the show yesterday, Mooch was legitimately worried. And I brought this up to him. I'm watching that game, and I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I said, all right, like, I get it. There's no Godwin. There's no Mike Evans. Julio Jones is not playing. It's all good because in week six, seven, eight, or nine, we're going to go, oh, okay, this is the Bucks team that we had anticipated, and everything is going to be okay. And I brought that up to Mooch while we were before the show, and he's like, I don't know, Mike. Some of the issues yeah. on the offensive line, this might be a real issue. And Tom, I forget how he classified it in, in our meeting. He's like, you know, Tom looks like he's more stressed out with this unit than he ever has been before. I I don't know, like I really respect Mooch and, and David, I, I don't know how you feel about, well, I know you respect Mooch, but I, I don't know if you sit there and go, man, maybe the Bucks are showing a little bit of that age. We're, we're a couple seasons removed from them uh, for this team being in the Super Bowl. And now I go, man, like, are there real issues here? I, I feel like they're going to be able to navigate it once you get some of that skill back. But at the same time, I mean, if Brady's running for his life a little bit, they, that's another team. How many offensive touchdowns has he thrown? It's got to, it's what, less than five, I would yeah. imagine. It's like three, four, whatever it is. So that to me is is weird to talk about a Brady Bucks team in that regard. I, I agree that it's weird because I'm torn. Right, right? I see the the skill set of the guys on the outside that he's working with right now. I'm like, hey, the fact that he can still perform, I mean, he doesn't have a lot of guys out there. All his guys are basically, as much likes to say, in pajamas on yeah. the sidelines. So I get that aspect of when those guys come back, and that's kind of where I, you know, by default I go, okay, get his players back. But the point about the offensive line, having lived it, it's, it's a good one. And Brady's kryptonite has always been pressure up the middle, his new center, we've seen fumbled snaps. He has a busted finger because of it. Like that's a real issue, and that is a, that's going to be an issue going forward. Now their defense is lights out. Right? The Bucks are going to be. I mean, the Packers played. I thought the Packers played one of the best games I've ever seen against the Bucks defense. And how many points did they have? I mean, come on, right? So that's that team's legit. I think I still I'm cautiously optimistic that the Bucks, when they get their guys back, Brady's still going to figure a way to get the ball out of his hand. You can snap it to him. Drew, you could snap him the ball and put no one in front of him, and he can figure out a way to find 10 completions a game. So that's, that's, where, that's where I kind of go back to. Like, he's always been really good at that. Now he's going to be able to hang on to it. He's going to be able to keep up with some of these teams. If he had to score 40 a game, like if he had to go play the Chargers and they had to score 35 or 40 points if the Chargers are at the top of their game, or some of these teams that can really score Kansas City, can he do that? I don't think so, but I don't think that he's going to have to with the Bucks, yeah. the defense that they have right now. So Good that's point. that's kind of where I'm at. I'd be a liability at center. Plus, he doesn't like pressure <laughs> up the middle, so I think we need to recast that. But your point is well taken. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. 
Okay, next topic, next game, the TA game of the week. Was there any other choice? It's the Bills. Oh, what a run with the black bank crook, and look at Allen pinballing off bodies. Catch the 30. He is special. And the Ravens. Jackson keeps it. Has a first down. Has a touchdown. Sunday in Baltimore. Lamar Jackson leads the NFL with 10 passing touchdowns, 12 total touchdowns. He is second in QBR. He is fifth in rushing. He's on pace to shatter records, take a second MVP, yep. and break yeah. the bank in Baltimore. Here is my question. After what they just went through in Miami, how do the Bills win this game? Yes, they are favored, but I don't actually see why, and I don't actually see how they find a path to victory, considering what their depleted defense now faces in the form of number eight. David, what say you? Lamar Jackson is just a different guy. And like, you can, you can watch him and, and you can kind of put him in this box. If he's just a, he's a guy that can run really well. But what I've seen from him in the passing game is similar to Jalen Hurts. Like, this season, those guys just decided, for whatever reason, we're going to be the best passers of the ball down the field. And Lamar, has, he's had this in his back pocket before. He's played like this when that MVP level uh, season, which we've seen before. He's done this before. And now he, he needs a new contract. He's clearly the guy. I think that it's him and Jalen Hurts right now in the MVP conversation early. And so for, for Buffalo, being depleted, we saw what happened against Miami. Like, that's, that's a real issue. Like, when you have your guy, you don't have your guys and you're down numbers, that puts a lot of stress on everybody. And enter now the guy that creates more stress for a defense than anybody literally ever and Lamar Jackson in that offensive system. I don't know how they get it done. I don't know how they slow him down. Mike, uh, Lamar Jackson was your MVP pick yesterday. Yeah. Is he your winning quarterback on Sunday? Uh, look, I, I think this goes back to something that we talked about on this podcast a week ago heading into last week. David, you had said this before. You think Buffalo is a better football team than Miami, but you thought Miami, because of some other circumstances, right. were going to win that game. I'd say the same exact thing about this particular matchup. I'm with you, Andrew. Like, I don't know how Buffalo can get a win against this team knowing some of the circumstances that Willie yesterday – on this podcast had highlighted that have nothing to do with on the field play. Like, you know, just being on the road, having to leave, not have your practice facility, dealing with the hurricane type. There's all of those things and getting absolutely, uh, finishing a game where you're absolutely exhausted over the weekend. I, those dudes, uh, look, if you didn't listen to the podcast yesterday, I'll, I'll say the same thing that MJ uh, told us the other day. She was down in Miami for the game. She saw Josh Allen and, and he had said, boy, it's pretty damn hot down, <laughs> down on this field. Like, these were all factors yeah. in this game, and I just don't know. Hyde, obviously, no Poyer. We saw that, and, and the issue that was for that team's defense, I don't know the recipe to try to stop a, a Lamar Jackson right now who should get every single penny that is coming his way. We interrupt this broadcast to bring you a waiver wire alert taken from the file marked obvious. If you can get Bears running back, Khalil Herbert, Lions running back Jamal Williams and Vikings running back Alexander Madison. Do it. You won't regret it. This has been brought to you by the Association of Slightly Fragile NFC North Running Backs. We now return to the original program. Okay, guys, I want to go down the list of the remaining games in week four. You don't have to sound off on all of them. But the question I want you to finish is this. I wouldn't be surprised if Viking Saints. Oh, God. Isn't that everyone's reaction? I, I don't even want to touch that game after what I've seen these last few weeks. Sold. Right? Moving on. Yeah, that's tough. Seahawks-Lions. I like the Lions, Lions a lot. Hell yeah. Yeah, I'm a big Lions fan. Be, you wouldn't be surprised if, against I, the Seahawks I, I would, at home in Detroit. If the, the Lions bit some ankles and, and <laughs> took it to the Seahawks. That, they're just playing, yeah. they're playing too good. And then they've had some, they've had some issues towards the end of the game where you know, leads slipped away. But, they, man, they're playing 
as inspired as you can play for an NFL team. And I, I, love, I love everything about that team. Maybe it's the hard knocks. Jet Steelers, I wouldn't be surprised if the total in this game is 14, um, but maybe I'm overstating that, and that sounds a little dismissive. Jet Steelers, any, any takers? God, I'm hoping for gangrene. I, I really, yeah. I, really I mean, am. honestly, for Robert Sala for you, sure, seriously, because there's been flashes yeah. watching this team, but I, I, I want to see Zach Wilson out there. I want to see Zach Wilson with this team, too. Yeah. Garrett Wilson's a fantastic player. Moving on. Garrett Wilson and George Pickens, real quick. That is going to be the matchup. Damn watch the crap. man, just watch those two guys. The two best young receivers is George Pickens and Garrett Wilson, hands down. They're so fun. That catch, I'm sorry. Ridiculous. It was better than OBJ. I, I realize that everybody yeah. is everybody's an apologist for the, for the OG, and the OG was incredible. It was defining. Yes, it created a whole generation of young people who yeah. wanted to do that very same thing. However, you realize you're talking to two giants, right? Yes, now, I understand yeah. that, and I'm sorry. However, the eye test tells me that the degree of difficulty I agree. for the Pickens catch was higher. It was, higher. It was harder. It was, it was more impressive to me. I'm sorry. There you go. I agree with you. Other games. I wouldn't be surprised if Titans-Colts, any takers? I wouldn't be surprised if Derrick Henry realized that he's still Derrick Henry and he does what he did to the Las Vegas Raiders and starts running with downhill with some passion and aggression. You can't tackle him. Okay, Jonathan players. Taylor, listening to this podcast. I'm just What's saying. up? What's up? <laughs> I'm be great, right? Two good backs. It's, it's going to be terrific. Yeah. Chargers, Texans. Chargers put up 10, yeah, yeah. rolled out, walked out, limped out Justin Herbert when a lot of us thought they shouldn't. Uh, how do the Chargers bounce back mm -hmm. on the road in Houston against a better team than people realize, yeah. Houston Texans? Yeah, I like Davis Mills a lot. I always have since he came in. But I, I, I think that the Chargers are going to realize that they're still the Chargers. They do have some injuries, but I think that they're still a better football team than the Houston Texans, so they're going to show that. And I think, Justin, another week – getting able to go through the practice week and understanding that the ribs are just going to feel like this the rest of the year, I think he'll play better football. He looked, he looked kind of out of sorts at the beginning of that last game and it kind of hung, hung with him throughout the game. If you go into a game in the NFL, the NFL, not the MAC conference, the NFL with broken cartilage in your rib, is it a good game plan to only hand the ball off nine times? I didn't like really anything about him playing in that game, honestly, after I saw him in the first two series. And so for me, I... and. I often sound like a Charger hater, but the head coach has got to be accountable at some point for some of the things that have happened, some of the calls that he's made, and then also just going back to saying, well, when people ask you why Justin Herbert's in the game when you're down 28 points, even at the end of the game, and your only response is he's Justin Herbert, that doesn't really sit well with me. Like, I know that he's Justin Herbert, but if you keep putting him out there, he's not going to be. Justin Herbert for very much long. Uh, protect the asset. We talked yeah. about that yeah. earlier. Protect the asset, yeah. potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if not on the sidelines, at least with a game plan. Yeah, that for sure. the asset. Uh, Browns-Falcons, any takers? Marcus. I like I, the Falcons. Yeah, yeah I, they've I like actually Falcons. been fun to watch. This uh, is a good game for them, actually. It is. You mentioned young receivers, too, by the way. Like, Drake London, I, he's not at the level. He hasn't produced the way that those no, other but, three players. But I know where you're going there. with him. Well, be, and I think that him and Kyle Pitts and their big body frame, it's perfect for Marcus and the, the ability to run the ball. And he gives them chances. He gives them the 50-50 balls. And they can make some, especially with – the Browns aren't necessarily rolling right now. Yeah, Marcus can still move a little bit. I like him. I actually, it's been fun to see scoot. him on the yep. field. Jags, Eagles. I find this to be a fascinating encounter. A team that's better than we thought yeah. and a team that is every bit as good as we thought they might be. Jags and Eagles, any thoughts on this one? I just think the Doug Peterson statue outside the Eagles stadium is just so funny. That is cool. I that is definitely that. And He's cool. going to go back yeah. there. I mean, it's going to be great. So, And he's bringing a good football team, yeah. right? The Jags are a good football team. So You wouldn't be surprised if? If the Jags beat yeah. them. Yeah. 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 Cards, Panthers. 
I wouldn't be surprised if I don't watch the Cards Panthers game. <laughs> uh, I'll still watch it. I mean, I, I'm curious. I, I still think the Panthers have a a good defense, like yes, a defense do. that can be um, a, a team that can kind of carry like that side of the ball until Baker figures it out. Like you got to remember, Baker came in like right before training yeah. camp, and then they threw him in there. And now, okay, you're the starter. He's going to build continuity with those guys, and he's going to play aggressive football. And you do that with a good defense that can take the ball away. Like that, I, I actually like the Panthers. Yeah, I think even getting the win the way that they won that game, I think yeah. kind of changes. Sometimes you just need that first one. And yep. there's a part of me that does want to see, and I know I'm not the only one who watched the game over the weekend and felt like, hey, maybe we get some Kyler magic. There is something kind of special. If it's a close game, oh, yeah. you still want to just see him get get an opportunity. Yep. I love a good D. I just don't love a game in which a good D plays a confusing, underperforming offense. But... <laughs> Every Sunday is an opportunity to fix that. We'll see on yep. Sunday with them. Broncos Raiders. I know you have no interest <laughs> in that game, David, nor any emotional investment, so I can't imagine you have a thought on the Broncos and Raiders. Yeah, I do. I mean, I mean, they're obviously they're, they're, the Raiders are in a situation where they have to get a W. Like, that's, at the end of the day, that's all that really matters. But I, I think on top of that, like, you have to, you have to develop who you're going to be. That's what we talk about all the time is developing your identity. You talk about it in training camp with your team every year. You've got to figure out who you're going to be. I think right now there's a little bit of a disconnect between what they're asking them to do on offense and defense and the players that are on that team. They know they have good players. So the tendency, the human tendency is to be like, well, it's not us, it's you. It's not you, it's us. Like that, yeah. that issue, they got to figure out, right? They got to figure out how to kind of come together, buy into what Josh is selling, buy into what Graham is selling on the defensive side, and then just play good football. They're asking them to do a lot. And that's what I will say. And it's still early in this you know, this maturation process between, you know, it doesn't matter if Derek gets it. Like, everybody has to be on the same page with this Josh McDaniels offense. They got to be, they got to know the checks. They got to know what the adjustments are. And it takes a little bit of time. And it's the same thing on defense. They're going to be very multiple. They're going to do a lot. Last year, they ran two coverages the entire season. So right now, they're a little bit out of sorts there also. We need to see Chandler Jones show up. Max has been showing up. If those guys can figure it out, the Broncos suffer from something that we've talked about a little bit, and the thing that I'm most concerned about with the Broncos, I don't necessarily care if it shows up this week, which would be great, is is they have some protection issues that are just, it's kind of, it's mind-boggling to me. It's, it's very rare that I see a veteran quarterback have free rushers. Yeah. They usually are very aware of where the free guy is. You'll see guys like Eli Manning or Tom Brady, when they would get sacked, they would look at the number of the guy that sacked him. They would know whose responsibility that guy was instantly. And then they would look at that guy and I don't see that from Russ. I don't see, I see him just kind of getting up and jogging back and, you know, tell him to watch the pass or the run on the sideline. I'm like, that's not necessarily what you want to see. You want to see guys understand what the problems are. So they have some schematic issues they got to figure out. And then they got some game management uh, issues that they got to figure out Did as well. you see that clip? Did you guys see that clip of Russ yelling, runner pass, runner pass? Like, yeah. just screaming. Like high school style. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of annoying. Yeah. yeah. I'm not really a big fan <laughs> of that. Confusion kills in yeah. the NFL. The one thing we can say, and you alluded to this, for two things. One, I think they're the best 0-3 team I've ever seen in the NFL. That's what Vooch said yesterday yeah. on the pod, yeah. And two, Derek Carr, Devontae Adams, Josh McDaniels. What do the three have in common? They weren't together last year. Yeah. So this is still a work in progress. And I know the naysayers say that that's what you had all offseason to prepare for. But as we talked about earlier, game reps, live ammunition, yep. it's a different thing in the NFL. It will take time. My question to you is, is there still hope from Lil Bro? Is there still hope in that locker room? Is this still a team that believes? They still, they still believe everything's out in front of them. I mean, they literally, that's the first thing they said is like, Hey, what did the Chargers do? And they lost. Oh, okay. He wants to know what the division did, right? Yeah. So there's, 
There's also 17 games. I know that's something that we don't really talk about a lot, but yeah, I get it, right? 0-2 is terrible. 0-3 is even worse. But there are it's a long way to go, and when you look at the two guys that are necessarily the division leaders right now, you think Chargers and the Chiefs, they both got they both lost the other day. So if you're sitting there, you're like, yeah, we're 0-3, but if you look at the schedule going forward for the next couple weeks, you could see a path to the light if you're the Raiders. So you just got to figure it out internally, and that will in turn take care of itself on the field. Patriots-Packers next game on the list. Any takers there wouldn't be surprised if Mac Jones dinged up that high ankle sprain. We'll keep him sidelined for that one. I don't see a path to victory for the Patriots. Am so I wrong? This is the lock of the week. Yeah, if you do that lock here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just, I mean, even with Brian Hoyer going in, I still have, I have seen nothing to make me feel warm and fuzzy about the Patriots offense and, and the guys that are calling the plays for that, that side of the ball. Last game, Rams-Niners, a very interesting NFC West battle. Uh, at least in years past, it's been interesting. I think it's interesting again. Yeah. Matt Stafford, Jimmy G, back under center, got some of the reps that he maybe didn't get in the preseason, didn't get with the ones. He's got a game and a bit under his belt now. No more excuses for him. He's at home facing the Rams. Guys, I wouldn't be surprised if anything. By the way, no preseason uh, action as well coming off of surgery. I sound like the biggest Jimmy G apologist. I actually think that scenario is not easy to step in. Like, I... Yep. You, you know it better than anyone. The fact that he's been on that team and understands that offense, that's one thing, and I think that helps, but hasn't been playing with these dudes. He's coming off a surgery. He wasn't supposed to be with this team. All of these circumstances to me means, dude, give, give the guy the mulligan off for the week. I, I still think the Niners are a dangerous team. I agree. Uh, he was. Th think about where he was at. He was on the other field practicing while his team was giving all the reps to Trey Lance. And this has not just been happening in training camp. It happened in the spring. Like, he was rehabbing. So for me, yeah, we expect, okay, Jimmy's going to come in. He's going to be Jimmy. Well, I don't even think he can be Jimmy yet yeah. because he hasn't even had the time to get any type of continuity or consistency with these guys. We can look back and say what he's done a year ago or more, but I don't think that that translates. I think, to your point, he's, he's got to get some live bullets. He has to go out there and do it, and then we can possibly get the guy you know, that we see flashes of that can move this football team into a position where maybe they can make something happen in the playoffs, but... Right now, I still think we got to be a little patient with him. Yeah. Mid-August, he was saying that the arm strength was like 80% when he was throwing behind the stadium. For him to even be out there right now, I'm applauding. I, I'm, I'm like, with great you. job, man. Yeah. You know, and they'll, he'll, he'll consistently get better as the season goes on. Just hopefully it's enough and he figures it out soon enough to, before they can, you know, find a way to the playoffs or find a way to the tr this division. The Trent Williams situation is not a good one, though, for them. I, look, as much as I we agree. want to talk about Jimmy – Trent, what he means to that offense is hard to quantify, and the fact that he's dealing now with a high ankle sprain, that's that's an issue. Those high ankle sprains aren't fun because Mac, Mac Jones has one. Like they've been kind of around the league a little bit. I mean, those are like three, four weeks minimum. From I know in my experience, right? So maybe quarterbacks can get away with it, but Trent, like that's that's a real issue because that that's not something that you can just tape up. Yeah. It's like mid shin level where you get that just incredible pain, and you can't put any weight on that. So you think about that for an offensive lineman, you at can't put size? any weight on that. You know, like. He can't play, so it's going to be a good month before he's ready to go. Translation, the message to Jimmy Garoppolo this week, watch your back. Get the ball out. <laughs> Quick. I want to thank my guest today, Mike Yam, host of NFL Explained podcast. Tune in. Give me 20 seconds why people should be listening to that podcast and not this one. Uh, Michael Robinson, uh, M-Rob, is absolutely tremendous. Honestly, if you are a casual fan to understand complicated things in a simple form and explanation of things that you just didn't even know that you needed an explanation for, M-Rob's got you covered. Uh, speaking of complicated things in a simple form, 
David Carr, I want to thank you for being here today. <laughs> Got it, man. Uh, please join us tomorrow on NFL. I don't even know what that means. Please join us tomorrow on NFL Total Access, the podcast, when we get even deeper into the week four schedule, including, of course, that first game of the week, a fascinating matchup, Miami Dolphins in Cincinnati on a short week. They all lost about 10 to 20 pounds of water weight in Miami. Will it show Thursday in Cincy? Answers tomorrow. Till then, ciao for now. NFL Total Access is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.